Hi there, you are listening to the Being Unstoppable podcast, where we talk about being unstoppable in your brand, business, and life. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and as an entrepreneur, lawyer, course creator, and author, I understand what it takes to strive for the next level. Through 20 years of having several businesses, making a ton of mistakes, and celebrating loads of success, I love to share my secret sauce, tips, and strategies on how you too can become unstoppable. Welcome to another episode of the Being Unstoppable podcast. I am your host, Carolee Fontanelli. And as always, I am super grateful that you are here today. Today, I have got a super special guest that came into my office, which I love meeting people face to face, Melanie Miller. She is one heck of a lady who has a huge heart and love for business and in particular, women in business and women making an impact in their own financial lives so that they are financially secure through the ups and downs of life, which I totally get and understand because as you all know, I have been there myself and I also work with a lot of women, my family law practice, where I get to see firsthand what it means when people either do or don't have financial security. But before we get into the interview, I would love to read a review that has been left for me this week. Thank you so much, Rosie Abbey. Rosie says, Carolee does a great job of providing interesting and practical tips on expanding your business. She has a down-to-earth but informative approach to business. You can find Rosie at Rosie Abbey on Instagram. I am going to look you up right now, Rosie. Thank you so much for leaving that review. It means the world to me. And if you would love a shout out, go down and leave me a review on iTunes and I can read it out and it really does help me because it lets me know who's listening. I get to interact with you. Plus, it just makes my day. So thank you so much. Well, let's get stuck into our interview. Today, I have Melanie Miller with me from Profit Lovers and I'm super excited to meet her because we have met online, haven't we? We have been weird online buddies. Yes, we have. But the exciting, yeah, that's right. And yet live so close to each other. That's it. So the exciting thing is, is that Melanie lives literally just up the road and she's in person in my office with me today. And we have been talking all things profit and business and what makes us tech, which I have absolutely enjoyed. And so she is here today to talk to you about um, profit and why we should be focused on profit and not vanity metrics. Anyway, let's meet Melanie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. I'm excited to be here in your beautiful office as well. So I'm Melanie Miller from The Profit Lovers. And what I do is teach women the unsexy side of business, the side that no one sees on Instagram, the stuff that no one really ever talks about. But it's the vital stuff to make sure that your business isn't just turning over sales, but you get to pay yourself a big wad of money. Well, and without fear or guilt that women often carry. I'm loving what I hear so far. Before we get started, I would love to ask you a question, and that is, what makes you unstoppable? What makes me unstoppable? Oh, that's such a, that's a big question. 
I think what makes me unstoppable is my passion for making sure that other women are financially secure. I don't know that I would be as passionate about what I do if it was all about me. It's about other women. It's about making sure that other women are understanding the power of profit and understanding how profit can create financial security and protect you from all of those things that happen in life that can be absolutely devastating. We were just talking about uh, why I do what I do. And I told you the story about my mum. She passed away from breast cancer and she didn't have anything financially at that time. And so I never want any other woman to be in that position. That is what makes me unstoppable, making sure other women aren't in that same position my mum was in. I love that because I feel very passionate about that too, especially as a family lawyer, because at the table we're sitting at right now, I sit across from lots of women who didn't know that they were going to go through a divorce and they don't know what to do next because they don't have any finance behind them and they don't have a career behind them. And it can be very devastating when you are in your 40s, 50s, 60s or 70s to be in that position, can't it? Absolutely. My grandfather left my grandmother after 50 years of marriage. Wow. He cleaned out the bank accounts and he took off. She had never looked at a bank statement. She didn't know where their bank accounts were held. She didn't know what insurances they had. She didn't realize they didn't have any. At 50 years of marriage, it was literally two days after their 50th wedding anniversary. And so she was almost 70. Yeah. And completely alone with no And you know what? That's not just older people who go through that, you might think that, oh, well, she's 70 and, you know, back then we didn't, you know, women didn't focus on finances. They focused on raising the family. But I'm telling you that I meet women every single week who are in that same position today in 2021. Absolutely. I've got friends in their 30s who've had partners, husbands walk out on them. Unfortunately, I have had um, a couple of really good friends die very young. Uh, uh, you know, and that's a horrible scenario and they've left behind a wife and kids. And I want to make sure that women have financial security. And that is what creating a profitable business can do for you. If you pay attention to the unsexy side and you're not always just watching what everyone's doing on Instagram. So tell me about what the difference is, say, give me some examples of what sexy looks like and give me some examples of what not sexy looks like. I love this. Sexy looks like posting on Instagram, you're, I mean, this is a weird time to be using this example because obviously we're in a pandemic and nobody's traveling, but all of those photos that you see of women who are perceived as being successful in business on their, in their business class, see, sipping their glass of champagne, flying all over the world, going to amazing conferences and going on amazing holidays. That to me is very sexy. I love it. I want to do it. But behind that, Is that same woman managing her profit and loss report? Does she understand cash flow forecasting? Is she making enough not just to pay for fancy business class flights, but also to ensure she has trauma insurance? There's all of this unsexy stuff that nobody is, other than me, I guess, is posting on social media because it doesn't get clicks and it doesn't get likes. So talk to us about the unsexy parts and what is important in our businesses. Unsexy parts, and for me, they're very sexy (laughs) uh, because I'm all about Uh. profits. But the unsexy parts is understanding the basics. I teach women every day what profit actually is. 
because I know it's like, okay, well, I make money, I make sales, I pay expenses and what left, what's left over is profit. That's true on a very basic level, but we've got to dive a lot deeper into that to match that up with the needs that you have personally and to really understand what profit is. If you've got a business and you're turning over $250,000 a year and your expenses are $50,000, you have got profit of two hundred. But then you head on down to the local BMW dealership and in the business, you purchase yourself a really, really beautiful uh, brand new BMW and you have, uh, that's now a liability. The payments of that BMW will come at the bottom of your profit and loss report. And these are the holes that I see women kind of get themselves into. They don't really understand what part of what comes out of their business is their personal profit. Taxes, we've got GST, sales taxes built into that as well. It's all an element of how profitable your business is. So you've got to understand these really core business basics. What is revenue? What is turnover? How much do I need? What are expenses? What's a cost of goods or a cost of sale? What does my gross profit look like? What does my net profit look like? And am I making enough to also account for the taxes that I need to pay? None of that is probably turning on any of your listeners right now. Okay. However, that is your key to a really good financially secure business that's going to get you where you want to be in life. And it's not going to be a quick burn. We were just talking about this before we started, uh, before we hit the record button, how many businesses are quick burns. They have immediate, amazing success. Mm. And then they're just a quick flash and they're gone. Or they look like they have quick, amazing success. And, you know, like I share a lot about my business and I've been in my business since 2012 and you know, it's taken a long time. That's nearly 10 years. And so I say to all the people in, in my course as well, it's you're in it for the long game. Yeah. None of these things are quick fixes. Yeah. And it takes a long time and keeping moving your feet forward in front of one after the other to make it profitable. And you know, for me, well, everybody's looking for the next greatest way to create a sales funnel or to get eyes on your business or um, to use social media. Should you be on Clubhouse? All I can think is, do you know how to read your profit and loss report yet? Because actually you might want to log off or log out of Clubhouse and go and figure out how to read your profit and loss report first. Yeah. They're the true essentials of a business and they give you power to make change and power of choice when you know whether you're profitable or not. Yeah. And the thing is, is that when we start a business, we start out excited about the thing, the product or the service that we offer, don't we? We start out excited about the website. The branding, choosing the right name, getting the right colours. That's the sexy stuff. And we spend a lot of time on that, don't we? Mm -hmm. And I guess it's very similar to the way that we treat our bodies and our mental health. We often work very hard on the exterior of ourselves, you know, the amount of diets and exercise and all those things, but we don't always work hard on our mental health by going to regular psychologist or doing things like that, is it? It's the same kind of thing. You can think about this as being all of the internal workings of your business. Nobody sees it from the outside. Yeah. So it's very easy to pretend it doesn't exist or if your business looks good from the outside, just to put that vibe out there. Yeah. When actually what might be happening on the insides, a bit of a cluttered mess. 
it's a really good lesson going forward as well. Another conversation, I mean, we talked for hours before we hit the record button, but another conversation that we were having this morning was the perception that other people are successful without knowing fully what's going on behind the scenes. So if you've got competitors out there and you think, I'm never going to catch up, I'm so far behind them, they're so successful. And I think it's really easy for us all to fall into that trap, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Especially when everything's out on display. Um, And as we were sort of talking before, you you don't actually know what's going on. You've got no idea. And I see, uh, I think we calculated a couple of weeks ago, I was working with my um, virtual assistant to figure out actually how many clients I've coached over the years. And it's in excess of a hundred. So, and before that I was in consulting. So I've seen behind the scenes of a lot of businesses. And I can tell you that you would be shocked at what goes on behind a lot of the businesses that we all perceive to be super successful. So what's a common thread of say something that is not so sexy and maybe negatively impacting a business that you often see? Cash flow, not understanding or managing cash flow. Cash flow is the lifeblood of your business. And when you have it under control, you can plan for growth and you can plan to outsource, you can plan to get more staff in, you can reduce your working hours, you can pay yourself more. There's so much power within a cash flow forecast. And it's not actually as complicated as what you might perceive it to be. Do we go into our accountant's offices once a year for most people? And the accountant puts a whole heap of reports in front of you spills out a whole heap of information that makes no sense. You're not comfortable with the terminology. You sign on the bottom line and that's it. You pay your tax bill and, and that's the, the the extent. And I think a lot of accountants make it sound a lot more complicated than it is. You can create a very, very simple cash flow forecast that will give you a really good idea of what's going on. It might not be 100% accurate, but I'm always saying to my profit lovers, I would prefer that you had an 80% of an idea then you are 100% accurate if being 100% accurate means you're never actually going to learn anything about cash flow forecasting. If you can get a general idea of where you're at, you're 100 times better off than having zero idea at all. You don't have to be perfect at this stuff. You just have to get started. Yes, and I think so many times we fail at um, at things because we try and be perfect. And If then, I can't do yeah. this cash flow forecast down to the very, very last cent, yeah then there's no point. But you're never going to be able to with a cash flow forecast because it's a forecast and you don't. It's an assumption about what you think is going to happen. And the more that you make those assumptions, the more accurate you get. So you can start by assuming what you think is going to come in in sales, assuming what you think you're going to spend in expenses, then use your bank statements to clarify whether that was accurate or not. The more you do it, the more accurate you become. So looking at, you've done a lot of um, product-based businesses and yes. service-based businesses. Um, yes. So looking at the difference between a product-based b- business and a service-based business, are you seeing any threads of differences in there in terms of outcomes and what's happening mm. inside? Or is are you seeing that really the service is the product, the product the only, is the product? The only real difference would be if you're in a product-based business is understanding what your actual cost of goods are and being able to manage that and making sure that that is a number that you control really actively. When you're in a service-based business, you don't have a high cost of goods or a high cost of sales. You're not, there is no, no one thing you buy to sell on. You sell usually your time or your, 
um, intellectual property. So what drops out the bottom can look very, very profitable, right? But it might not be so. I find with service-based and online businesses, they spend a lot of money, much, much more so than product-based businesses, on creating an online persona, great branding photos, beautiful websites, all of that stuff that doesn't necessarily generate more in profits. So that's all your vanity metrics right there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You can have the most beautiful brand in the world. You can have the most incredible professional images. If you're not driving traffic and converting traffic, none of it matters. Yeah. So attracting the right client Mm -hmm. and fishing in the right pond is the key. Yeah. And I have had businesses, I'm thinking of one right now that literally doesn't even have a brand and is a multi-million dollar business because they just got off their butt and did what had to be done and they didn't worry so much about the vanity. By the time it was time to worry about the vanity, they were already so busy and so profitable that it was like, why would we change anything? People often, when you're starting out, put the emphasis on the wrong assets in a business. Your first objective is just to turn a profit. And that might not necessarily mean spending a whole lot of money on great branding images or, you know, a really expensive, beautiful website. It might mean you just getting out there and meeting people, sharing what your offer is. Yeah. You need clients coming through the door, don't you? Mm -hmm. And then if you've got a good cash flow forecast, you build in all of that stuff that just slowly levels you up. Uh, That's where the real value comes from. So out of five things that are, give us like the things that are least important, five things, and the things that are most important, the five things that are most important that you, you think if you're, if you're in business. If you're in business and your focus right now is, uh, let's say you, you spend a lot of time every day focusing on trying to build up your social media following, but you don't track your traffic to your website and you don't track how many people have to see your website before you get an inquiry or a sale, big mistake. Mm-hmm. So important, that's your data, which your I've data. talked a lot about on this podcast yeah. is collecting data. Yeah. And how many, so many people don't actually know how to collect their data or what to do with it. And it's not, not that complicated once you know it's how. It's so simple. Yeah. So that would be the first thing. If I was to go for the second thing, it would be uh, investing money on the vanity you know, what looks good from the outside, as opposed to investing and actually learning how to run a business. I think people put their money often in the wrong places. The third thing I think would be fixing the wrong problems. When you're in this online space, this is the wonder of online marketing right now. Any one of us at any one time is being bombarded with millions of messages Mm. from branding companies and Facebook ad specialists and funnel specialists and all of these different um, productivity specialists all saying, if you had my one thing, Mm. your business would be a hundred times better. My one thing is the key to your success. And often I see small business owners fix the wrong problem because they get sucked into someone's funnel and they are led to believe that having this one course, this one solution will fix everything. When actually that wasn't a problem in their business to start with, the problem existed somewhere else. I guess that comes back to collecting data. The more data you collect, the more you can self-diagnose what's not working in your business. So that instead of going and buying a random course to fix a random problem you may or may not have, you can be very, very very specific into where you invest in finding the solution. Yeah. 
I love that bit of advice. Yeah. And then, I mean, really, it really does come back to, I'm going to take up four and five with the same thing. You've got to know your financials. You've got to know the basics of business. You've got to understand what profit and loss is. You've got to understand where your margins lie. You need to understand those basic numbers so that it gives you the power in your business to be the decision maker. A lot of small businesses will leave that information up to their accountant Mm. or their bookkeeper. You're making a very bold assumption there that they know how to successfully run a business. Or that they care about your profit margin. (laughs) And your accountant is not, I really, this freaks me out when people go to their accountants for their business advice. Your accountant's objective is to reduce your taxes and make sure you're legally compliant. And that should always be their specialty. If you're going to them for business advice, what they're going to most likely do is tell you, make more sales or reduce, reduce your costs. costs. <laughs> yeah. They are really Stop spending topics. so much money. <laughs> and here's the thing, that that might not be your solution. Your solution might be brand awareness. Your solution might be how you frame your offer. Uh, it's understanding what's going on in your business so you're not reliant on someone who probably doesn't know any more mm-hmm. than you when it comes to very specifics. They definitely don't know more than you when it comes to running your business. Yes. You need to take control of that. Yeah. Leave it up to uh, an accountant or a bookkeeper. And another big one too that I think makes a massive difference in business is putting systems in place because that's how you leverage your time. And when you leverage time, you leverage profit. Correct. And people don't understand that if they had a system, which is essentially automating in some way, shape or form, then they don't have to maybe employ as many people or it can cost less to do certain tasks. Automate first, outsource second and plan for that. You can pay people to come into your business and automate it. But this is the power of really understanding once again what's not working in your business and where to best spend your money. I'd prefer people spend money getting someone in to automate their business processes than find them more LinkedIn connections you know, you've really got to focus on what it is that moves the needle in your business. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time business owners don't know that. Mm-mm. You just get so caught up in the day-to-day. You don't think that there's a different way of doing it. Uh, there are so many tools out there that automate your business now. It's insane. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Even like in law firms, at, you know, everything where everything's about automating. And you find people are really nervous. They don't want to spend the money. They'll happily spend a couple of thousand dollars to do a course on something that's, I don't know, SEO or whatever, copywriting that's going to make them, you know, their first million dollars. But then when it comes to investing a couple of hundred dollars a month in automating process to processes to buy them back time, like, oh, I don't have the money for that. How much is your time worth? Correct. Yeah. And if you don't have the money for it, you need a cash flow forecast so that you can start to prepare yep. to grow your profits. So you do have the money for that. So you can get yourself time back. Focus on what it is in your business that you do best. So, and the thing with all of these things that you're talking about, like cash flow forecasts and profit and loss and, you know, all of that type of thing, what I've found in my business over the last 10 years is that it's something that you need to revisit constantly. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you do once and then that's it because as your business grows, everything rejiggles and changes. Absolutely. Your margins change. Mm. It's really something that you should be doing. So profit and loss report. I get my clients to review once a month. So about 10 days after the month has ended, they're just doing a quick review. They're running a profit and loss report and they're looking at 
their cash flow forecast and just saying how closely did the numbers align? How closely did I guess correctly in what I thought was going to come in and what I thought went out? It's that simple. Yeah. So back to at the beginning of the podcast, um, you said that your passion is helping women um, never be in a financial situation where they have to do without or that they are struggling. And before we hopped on, you told me about one of your clients, a review that she or an email that she sent you. I'd love for you to share that because I just think this is so powerful. Yeah. So this came in about a year and a half, a year, a year and a half after the Profit Lovers was born. So originally I was a one-on-one business coach. I was part of a business coaching franchise. And then my mum got sick and my business had to shift. There was no choice but for it to shift and change. And so somehow I kind of ended up being the profit lovers. We were talking about how it was never a conscious choice. It was that my message started to resonate more and more with women. And I started to push my messaging of making sure they were financially secure more and more. And then my community started to self-identify as the profit lovers. And as that was happening, I got this incredible email from one of, we'll call her one of my profit lovers, um, saying that she had followed my advice. She had been through one of my courses. She'd taken all of the business basics really seriously, applied them to her business. She'd invested in trauma insurance. Not sexy. Not sexy. Not sexy. Not sexy at all. (laughs) And not Instagrammable. Nobody wants to watch you sitting in your office trying to figure out how to get your cash flow forecast set up. Like it's not sexy unless you're me and you think it's sexy. But she'd done all of these things I suggested she did Focus on profit, not on sales. Maximize the sales she did have by checking her conversion values, increasing her average sale amount, all of that stuff, and then using that profit to shore up her family, to make sure that they have the insurances they needed. And she was diagnosed with what could have been a terminal illness. Her whole family was able to focus just on her and her illness. Her husband stopped working for six months. She had support at home. She had someone that she could have come in and take kids. She had all of this support available to her and she didn't have to think twice about going and getting different treatments because they were covered. She had the insurances. She got a payout. That email probably changed my life when I think about it because at that point I was like, right, this is exactly where I need to be. This is exactly what I'm going to do. And let me tell you, in the height of manifesting being very sexy and people thinking that they can rely on that more so than anything else. Pushing my unsexy message of learning how to figure out your gross margins has not been an easy job. No, it's not easy because we need to be messaging what people want to, like, you know, you need to put your message out there, what they think they need, Mm -hmm. which is social media or Mm -hmm. how to do this marketing trick or how to build this funnel or how to create a lead magnet or whatever it might be, but at the end of the day, those things aren't going to be there for you if you are diagnosed with something no. or need that support or your husband leaves or whatever it might be. Nope. What you will need is financial security and all of that vanity business stuff we do does not necessarily lead to financial security. No. So let's talk about the movement that's out there at the moment for being in business. And we're all being bombarded with these ads and DMs into the slipping into the messaging <laughs> where it's like, 
build a six-figure business, build a seven-figure business or whatever it might be. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that and what all that means because it can, that's what sexy looks like, right? It does. And when I first started, and I think we started an online business around about the same time, the messaging was six figures, get your first six figures. And now it's up to seven. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, that's a big jump. But what does six figures or seven figures really mean? So seven figures, million dollar business. It just means you make a million dollars in sales, but you could literally spend $995,000 to make a million dollars. And then how much have you really made? Mm. I'm so not interested in seven figures. I'm interested in maximizing profits. And if I can make a good profit by turning over 500,000, the risk to my business is a lot less because I'm spending less. Why would I not do that? The seven figure messaging is sexy messaging that has no real substance. It's, it means nothing in reality unless they also apply a profit margin to it. If there was a, some sort of mastermind, of course, that said, I'm going to show you how to create seven figures and retain 70% net profit margin. Now you've got my attention. Yes. Yeah. But your seven figures means nothing to me because I know what goes on behind people's businesses. It's easy to make seven and make seven figures, make a million dollars and to spend 1.3 million. Is that a really sexy business? No. No, it's going backwards. Yes. But you would never know because the pitch is, look at my million dollar business. Yes. Well, I know for me personally, um, in my journey over the years, one year I uh, was making my seven figures or just over seven figures. And then I worked really, really hard the next year, like so hard to increase that and level up and scale as I thought I should. And I did that and I wasn't checking my profits and I wasn't checking my data and I wasn't doing any of those things. And the next, that year, at the end of the year, I pulled the figures and I had made $100,000 more revenue mm-hmm. and I had made about $100,000 less profit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, was I angry that year. <laughs> I have. Angry at myself. Yeah. Angry at myself as well because I'd worked so hard and I'd worked so hard for way less money. I've undone some people's business success, perceived success, I've done the anti-coach thing where people have come to me, they've worked with, I won't say the name, but there was a really popular coaching franchise, definitely around in the time that you and I have been around in business and you would know it if I said it, but I won't, who took businesses and made them into million dollar businesses. I used to get those business owners after they'd spent 50, a hundred grand with that business coach, come to me and say, we've created a disaster. I can't cash flow this business anymore because when you've got a million dollar business, it may require that much more to run. We used to have a business where we made, you know, good profits. We turned over a million dollars and we made profits of 300,000. We had a good life. We had boats and we enjoyed our weekends and our staff were happy. And then someone came in and told us they could give us a $3 million business and we decided to go for it. And then we ended up with a $3 million business. It was an absolute beast. It got great PR. It looked fantastic from the outside, but inside our staff were miserable. Our margins were lean. We were working more than we'd ever worked in our lives, all for a perceived success that didn't exist. And so I've had businesses 
that have come to me asking me to undo it. Yes. How do we undo it? How do we go back? Because it was better before. Yeah. It was better. And I, that's my experience with that year that I had. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the year was so much worse. I was working so much harder and for so much less. And you never will know that unless you sit down and look at your profit and loss report and people will go years and years and years and years without ever looking at it. They just, once again, leave it up to their accountant. And I'm always giving people this word of caution. When you go to your accountant's office or when you receive your tax information and there's the sign here and sign here, what you're signing is a document that says, I know the information in this document to be true and correct. Your accountant isn't going to get the liability against them if there's been a massive mistake. The liability is yours. Mm -hmm. I can even give you a little bit of a story behind that. I worked with a business where the owner was not paying any attention to the profit and loss report. It was all left to the bookkeeper. The bookkeeper did not put any of their second largest overhead through their rent. They She never received any rent bills, so she just never entered it into their accounting system. So the business owner was looking at the profit and loss bottom line and seeing this wonderful number. So she just kept taking more and more money out of the business. Well, I was looking through the profit and loss report and I said, where's the rent? What's your biggest, second biggest expense? It hadn't been entered. That profit she was looking at didn't exist. She'd already taken it out of the business. She hadn't accounted for taxes and it created a massive, massive problem. Mm. And it's not the bookkeeper's responsibility. No, it's yours. No, that's right. And as a director, we see we see in law a lot of people who don't understand the ramifications of being a director, and that goes also for people and family businesses who are in situations where they sign here, Mm -hmm. just sign here, just quickly sign this paperwork. And when you are doing that, you are liable. So, as business owners, as women, we need to. Make sure we understand. And if you don't understand, that's why, it, you know, you need to have someone around you like Melanie who you, can, who you can feel comfortable to ask the question so that you do understand or ask, don't feel silly to ask the accountant. It's amazing. Ask the questions. The questions that I get asked and people will preface it by saying, I'm really embarrassed. This is going to be a really stupid question. And they'll ask me something about figuring out their net margins or where they are responsible for paying taxes. And I will always say to them, you are supposed to be an expert or the best at the product or service that you supply Mm. or provide. Everything else you have to learn. And that's okay. You're not expected the day that you create your company, sign up for an Australian business number or whatever it is in your country, the day that you first register your business name, you don't automatically acquire all of the knowledge required. And we don't, we don't learn this stuff. No. Where, where do you learn it? I most certainly didn't learn any of this business stuff at law school. No. Or high school or no. where else do you learn it? And even picking up business books today, what are business books about? Creating great habits, creating uh, great visuals or, you know, building your social media or, or making an impact. There's very few business books that even teach now about the basics of running a business. There are so many great free resources out there, though. Every state in Australia has a business page that will teach you how to create a cash flow forecast. It will at least give you the basics. I totally agree with you about the free resources that we have currently available to us. One of the best 
resources that I have found for free online is on a government website, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And it is a business plan that's put out by the Australian government. Just Google business plan Australian Australian government and you will find it. It doesn't matter what country you are in, you can use it. This document is incredible. And if you are thinking about starting a business or even if you're already in your own business, to run through that and actually really think about everything that that has, it's amazing. It's really, really amazing. And yeah. I've thought about starting businesses, different businesses, and every time I do, I'll do that document and it's a lot of work, but it actually sets you up for, is this business going to work? Is there enough profit margin in it? You know, who are my competitors? Like it gets you to think about all of the aspects of what this business might mm-hmm. be like. And it's a free resource. Yeah. The government's government departments, uh, business departments don't want you to fail because when you fail, you fail owing taxes and owing people money. They want you to be successful. And there is huge amounts of free resources. You've got even, uh, you know, your local government uh, commerce what are they called? I can't remember the name of them off the top of my head. It'll come to me. But there are in within your local government people who can support you and mentor you and help you create a successful business. If you don't have the finances to invest, go and utilize those free resources. There are some pretty amazing ones out there. Yeah. And I think the key takeaway from this part of the conversation is no question is stupid. Nope. If you are prepared to learn and inform yourself, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. No matter from yeah. where no matter where you are starting from. And don't think because someone's been to uni or and you haven't or um anything like that that you don't know um as much or that they're better than you and you know anything yeah. like that because I've got a science degree. I knew nothing about business. I just was someone who needed to know how things worked. And so I would bug everybody. I wanted to know everything from why the guys in the warehouse stacked the cartons the way they did. I mean, I was a social pest, I'm sure. But I would be out there wanting to know, why do you pack it like that? Or in with the people who were doing the product sourcing, how do you find the suppliers? Or in with the woman who was doing the bookkeeping, what's that for? How do you know if you've made money? Ask questions, be ruthless about it, because people will always be happy to answer. Yeah. Exactly. So how do you help people? I help people in two ways. I one-on-one coach clients and we look at their businesses, pull them apart and put them together in a way that is both profitable, livable and lovable. I love that. Say that again. Profitable, livable and lovable. So the, for me, having a very set approach where there's fixed rules and just applying those to a business doesn't work for my clients. So it is a bespoke approach. We talk about what you want your outcomes to be. We forget about what all the trends are. We forget about everything that is sexy and cool. And we figure out what you enjoy doing, how much we can charge for it, how clear your messaging is, how we make this profitable. But we make this something that is livable in that if you've got kids, you might not be able to run a business like other people. If you've got a dependent relative, you can't run a business like another person, maybe can. If you yourself have got any health struggles, There are all these different ways we can build a business that allows it to be lifestyle friendly for you. We want it to be lovable. You're going to have to do some things that are uncomfortable. Profit and loss probably isn't that lovable for people, but we want this to be a business that for the most part, you wake up and you enjoy. 
So we want to make sure that we get the right people to work with you, that we attract the right people. But day in, day out, actually, this is a pretty nice business. And we want it to, well, profitable, obviously, is making money, livable in that that fits into your lifestyle and lovable that you enjoy doing it. And we do that without me putting a framework around your business that says you have to do it this way or you'll fail because most businesses don't succeed when they're given someone else's framework and that's just imprinted on your business. Well, I think the thing with that that's important is that everyone in their business has different strengths and weaknesses. So, you know, in my business, for example, I'm naturally really good at marketing. Like I flourish in that area. I'm not so natural at looking at data. I'm the person who will look at your profit and loss once a year and wonder what the hell happened. Yeah. So by being bespoke like that, you can come in and you can go, okay, Carly, well, you know, you're great at that. You don't need help with that, but these are the gaps. So I love that approach. Yeah. One of the clients that I just worked with, I was getting feedback on my coaching process. Someone asked me the question, what's it like to be coached by you? And I just drew a blank. I said, I don't know. I've never asked anyone. So I thought I'd probably better ask. And one of the best bit of feedback, best bits of feedback I received was that when we created the cash flow forecast for this particular business owner, it overwhelmed her. So I took it down and simplified it. And she said, I couldn't believe that Melanie had spent the time to simplify it. So I got it. And when I got it, we ended up going back to the more complicated version because I got the basics. So it's about having someone, if you're going to be looking for a one-on-one coach, it's going to help you through those things. When I'm not one-on-one coaching, I am running my um, online business, which is the Profit Lovers Members Club, where we have women who are increasing profits in their business, but need to get those basics down. So we go through goal setting and goal setting that's realistic and based on your personal goals, financial security, things like that, not just on creating a pretty vision board. We talk about branding and messaging We talk about profitable pricing strategies. We talk about creating profit and loss reports, all of that stuff that's a little less sexy than maybe what else is out there, but incredibly impactful and could save your life. And is that a community as well? Yes. Yes. So that's that's a place where you can ask your questions. Every Friday I do a live Q&A. We have a focus topic for the month where we'll do a deep dive and I'll go through some of the little known kind of tips and tricks that maybe you wouldn't have picked up elsewhere. And it's a Q&A and you can answer, oh, sorry, ask me anything you want and I'll answer it. And that Q&A was where I realized that actually a lot of women running businesses didn't know what profit was. We know what profit is, but they didn't specifically know what profit was. Yeah. And from that group, we discuss things like that and we do it in a way that's completely non-judgmental. You can ask anything you want. And you're not supposed to know all the details. That's what I'm there for. Yeah, I love that. I uh, Early on, I read a book and it was all about paying yourself first. Yes. And that's something that, you know, I think when we first start out in business for a number of years, and this is a big mistake I made, didn't pay myself for years. One of the first rules in Members Club is how much you're going to pay yourself and when are you going to get started? And even if it is a token amount, It's not about the amount. It's about getting into the habit of rewarding yourself and then figuring out how that impacts your business. If you're paying yourself $300 a week and it's leaving you with not enough to run your business, then we've got a revenue problem and we need to fix that. Or maybe we've got an expense problem. 
but it's about starting so you can see how it impacts your business and then you can keep growing those numbers. Yeah. And also when it comes to paying yourself, particularly for women, because there is a pay gap Mm -hmm. and I see this in family law, we don't have enough super. Mm -hmm. So when you pay yourself, you need to make sure you pay yourself super. And I have so many people come through who don't have super because they've been self-employed. So I think it's really important to make sure you pay yourself and pay your super. Correct. And that can be a difficult number to calculate. And in Members Club, we even do a profit plan. What number needs to come in in sales or revenue to shoot out the very bottom, the number that you need to pay yourself, pay your taxes and pay super? Yeah. So that it becomes so simple. Yes. And you don't have to worry then about million elements of your business. You know what you need. You can just focus on that one element of bringing that money in. Well, it's been awesome to chat about profit and all the unsexy parts of business. (laughs) I love it too. Um, So how can people find you? Where can they find you? They can go to theprofitlovers.com and can I suggest you go one step further and you head to theprofitlovers.com forward slash plan and track. There is a free resource that you can download. It's been downloaded now. I think at last count we were about four or four and a half thousand downloads. Awesome. It is a template that you can use to start planning and tracking the important numbers in your business. And it is self-explanatory. It's super easy to get started and it will allow you to start collecting the important data in your business. That is so cool. And what about Instagram or any social media? Profit Lovers. Come visit me at The Profit Lovers. I do lives all the time. If you've got a question, DM me and I'll try and answer it live for you. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. And being here in person. Yeah. And seeing my office. It's been fab. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Being Unstoppable podcast, brought to you by my personal brand, Freebies, which you can find at caroliefontanelli.com. If you got value from this week's episode, I would love it if you would hit subscribe and take a minute to leave me a review. You can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for Carolee Fontanelli. Until next time, remember, if you believe in yourself, you will be unstoppable.